You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 242, Small Bites from Pure Professor. Attract good luck with special guest, Catherine Metz. Welcome to episode 242 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach feng shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. We teach a feng shui certification program, and now we also have advanced studies with Catherine Metz, who just happens to be our guest today, our special guest. So we hope you will check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list. If you go to mindfuldesignschool.com slash join, or just go to the main page and scroll to the bottom, you could sign up for our mailing list. So it's September and we started this new series on our podcast last month. So hopefully you checked it out. And it's called Small Bites from Pure Professor with Catherine Metz. So if you don't know Catherine already, Catherine Metz is a feng shui master teacher and she is now sharing her experts, chronicled teachings on the Mindful Design School platform. And she has studied feng shui for over 40 years. And she is one of our mentors and feng shui teachers that Laura and I work with. And we are really delighted to have her here for another month in September to chat about this small bite. So basically, Catherine had this newsletter years ago called Small Bites, and we thought that we could share a little bit and and find some inspiration there to talk with this series. So this top the topic of this series is attracting good luck. And Catherine's small bite originally spoke about transforming challenging chi or energy into something more auspicious, or we could call it good luck. So she also talked about how when everything is falling apart, like if someone is very ill, or you suddenly like have some of your money missing from your bank, or you have a ton of expenses coming out of nowhere, or you've lost your job, But basically, you can tell something is a little bit off and the present moment is really challenging and it may have been that way for some time and you need some, you really need some help. So this is what Catherine was trying to get at. And I realized I forgot. Catherine, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It's good to be with you both again today. (laughs) Sorry, I just got Got on a roll there. Good for you. Welcome, Catherine. So why don't we just jump into it? So this is something that a lot of people come across. And I'm sure over your many decades of working with students and clients with feng shui, you've probably been asked about this quite a lot because it's it's a thing that people ask about, right? Yeah, good luck is a is a big, a big portion of the questions that I am asked about for sure. Yeah. And do you think that's because there's that kind of stereotypical connection to feng shui and good luck, or where do you think it comes from? I think that's part of it, but I think right now we're all so stressed and a lot of things aren't going well. So it's coming up, I think even a lot more now than it has been in the past. It's it's just, I think people look to feng shui as good luck, like you said, but we're also experiencing some tough times. 
Yeah. Laura, do you get that question a lot? Yeah. I find that people start to say that when they have a series of things that have been continuing to go wrong. So it's not just one thing. If there's one thing, then they're like, oh, okay, you know, I just, I'll work on this. But I, I find I'll get emails from potential clients or people that want to book me or, you know, just people that email us out of the blue that say, this happened, this happened, this happened. And I know that there's something wrong. Like I'd lost my job. And then by the way, I got in a car accident on the way here. I'm, you know, and then my, all right, my car now has to get fixed. And then my basement flooded. You know what I mean? It's like, and then they're like, it's, it's the, I guess it's the rule of three, right? So people, it's like three (laughs) things happen. And then they know, they know that feng shui is a, a modality or is a practice that can kind of like stop, like kind of put a bit of a, put a reset. You can push the reset button. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 And I think it also makes sense in the way that feng shui looks at chi or the flow of energy. And when someone sees some kind of abnormality or aberration in what's normal, the normal flow of their life, and suddenly there's an accrual of unique, challenging experiences that seem a bit unrelenting. It also encourages people to one, look at like, okay, this is something maybe happening with the energy, something that that's happening on an invisible level, that's like threading all these things together. And then also, I think it really challenges people to look deeper. Like earlier this year, I had so many, I had a a string of bad luck too. And they also say a string of bad luck, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you think of the word Tantra means it's kind of a common thread that flows through. So like I, first I fell and had stitches on my head. And then a month later I fell and sprained my ankle and so those there wasn't three though Laura was there a third I thought you I thought you was a tooth thing oh that's always happening (laughs) so uh but anyway those those two were really big that I didn't need a third I think that what what I realized was like wow okay these are big messages big energetic messages that are saying like you can't just do this on your own, ask for help. And and I, I think it's wonderful that there's, that we have like feng shui or other healing modalities that can offer support for people that are awake enough to notice this string of occurrences and energetic shifts, right? Yeah, I think that it it is that people are saying, why is this happening? <laughs> you know why and and often there is not a why that that you ever kind of get a hold of about all of them but there's a sense that you need to do something and so i think what we're trying to offer today is some of the things that you can do to sort of let someone relax a little bit and let that question dissolve and and have some faith that things are going to get better yes the first one that we wanted to review has a story that goes with it. And and we're actually going to start kind of big, like with community, and then maybe get smaller into like with a couple of uh, one or two suggestions about people's personal homes. But do you want to share your story and how this connects? Yeah, the first thing that came to mind when you mentioned this was a community story. I was asked by a person living in the community to go to one of their meetings where everyone in the community comes together. And I went into this space with all of them and there was all this arguing going on and they were all mad at one another. And what I realized when I looked at the community and I looked at the plans, every single house had the primary bedroom outside the front door. 
which we all means that there can be divorce. Well, their divorce rate in that community was almost twice the rate of the rate in California. And they were arguing and carrying on and I was sitting in the back and I was trying to just kind of calm myself and wonder what I could do. And I, and what we finally did and they agreed to was to change the chi of the community by putting big lampposts into the four corners of the entire community. And so they got the money, they had the money to do that. And so they put them up and the divorce is still happening because the primary bedrooms are still outside the front door, but they didn't have that arguing anymore. It, it stopped and they could discuss it and they came to meetings and they actually got along much better and they started having more potlucks and <laughs> fun times. So their, their bad luck of arguing and conflict went away. The divorce was still a little bit there, but it, it was getting better and better because they began to talk to one another about what it meant to get divorced and could they get some other help and people started sharing those stories. So that was a wonderful piece. And that's the first one that came up for me. It doesn't just happen in one person's house. It can happen at a community level, a town level, a state level country level. So feng shui is, it can get very, very big and very grand. And we can use even our simplest ideas to solve a really big problem. Mm -hmm. And one aspect of those lights shining upward is something that you spoke about is um, it allows the chi from the earth, because you can visualize this lamppost or light, it starts if it's shining upward, then it kind of it feels like it's coming from the earth, from a lower location, and then it moves up. So it's very uplifting. And so it it invites the chi of the earth upward to nourish and protect you. So so that happening on this community level can nourish and protect the whole community and shift the luck of the community, right? And we did the the light we had in knowledge we shine instead of shining it directly up all the others were directly up and the one in knowledge we shined toward partnership so that that partnership issue of divorce there was some light being some knowledge some light being shed on the partnership problem so we did that little nuance to it as well so Catherine, if we were going to take that big kind of macro application of it can this also be applied on a smaller scale you could do it at the four corners of your house and it could be as simple as lights on the eaves, you know, mm -hmm. or even more simple would be solar lights just shining up from the ground, which is very simple to do mm -hmm. very easy. And so now you have those four corners and you have the strength of the four corners and the lifting of the chi. It's like, if you're going to lift up this piece of paper, if you lift it from all four corners, mm -hmm. you know, it's better than, this supported yeah supported yeah yeah and yeah. you also then that light touches to heaven mm. so that you can get the messages from heaven to earth so you have that connection yeah it reminds me of like also the legs of a chair or a table as well yeah yeah if one of them is wobbly <laughs> it doesn't work so well so yeah the four corners and also if you're accident prone at all that's a really good cure for your house okay yeah. And if someone say had an apartment, you could also maybe do something in the apartment too. You, you can adapt it. Yeah, definitely. You can do it inside as well or one room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Or you yeah. could do it on your chair, even or your <laughs> the four corners of your chair or the bed. So, so that's, mm-hmm. that talks about that macro and micro, which leads me to something that's much more on a smaller scale is another suggestion that you have in your small bite is a very simple one that we've talked about a lot on the podcast is hanging a feng shui crystal ball in the center of a room. And that could be like a bedroom or where you work or in the center of your home. But it's very effective just to do that again over your workspace, the center of your workspace or the center of your bedroom with the intention that the chi or the auspicious good luck is distributed from the center and those facets can distribute the chi or share the chi or shine the chi in all directions of that home, that room, that workspace. Yeah. And this is, it's, it's especially useful if you don't know why there's this bad luck happening, or you don't know why you got in two car accidents or three in a row, or you fell over and over again. If you don't really know why, or you don't know why a relationship is failing, all the answers are in the center. So as you put that crystal ball in the center, you have available to you all the answers that come from everything that sits in the center. And so it lights up every gua. And so you begin to get messages from everywhere instead of just one place. And you can begin to get a sense of which message might be more important or which message you might want to work with. And you might find messages from the center that you never even thought about, you know, answers that you never thought about. They're totally new to you. And this big aha comes and you go, oh, you know, I just am eating so much candy that I'm kind of lightheaded and I go out for a jog and I fall. You know, I mean, it could be anything. <laughs> and so I think that that center is the nuance of that the center and it being distributed is important. And just for listeners that aren't familiar with what a feng shui crystal ball is, it is a round bit bigger than a golf ball. It comes in different sizes, but we recommend to get one that would be 40 millimeters, which is again, just over a golf ball size. And it is cut. It's a cut glass. It's cut crystal and it has a hole in the top of it and it's man-made and and you string a red string through it. And you can get feng shui crystal balls at the holistic spaces shop as well. And it, it refracts light. So it refracts light, which means it actually white light is very closely aligned with chi. So if you think of this pure white light that goes through it, if you know how refracting works, <laughs> basically spreads it all around and it, it it modulates the chi and it moves all around the space and it's quite beautiful. And, you know, it's a beautiful visual and it's a very, very simple feng shui tool that we use quite often. And you've probably heard us talk about it on the podcast before. So uh, just for those of you that don't know, and it gets it gets hung from the ceiling. But Catherine, another nuance is you could potentially place it anywhere in the center. Is that right? Yes, it could go from ceiling to floor. So you have a crystal ball that doesn't have a hole in it. Mm -hmm. You might have one, but doesn't have a hole. You can put it on a table in the center of the room if there's a table there. So yes, it can go anywhere top to bottom. Yeah. I like Personally, I like putting it on the ceiling because I love the connection with heaven and the idea that it's like the sun. It gets it up in the sky for me, my you know, in my house. But yes, you have that flexibility. And you want to be sure that you use a, a clear crystal ball, mm-hmm. not a colored crystal ball. Yes. 
That's yeah. So that's yeah. a nuance. It it should be a clear, ideally made of high quality crystals, so it can have the potential to refract the light very well. And it's a faceted crystal ball, and it's a man made thing because. A lot of people ask and they, even if they've listened, they forget. So it's not like- It's not a big chunk of quartz. Yeah. It's not a chunk of quartz. It's also not a smooth orb. But I did want to tell you guys, I saw that Tiffany's, I don't know if they still make it, but they have like a faceted crystal paperweight. Oh. So that could definitely work too. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it in person, but I was like, oh, that's a possibility because I actually just, we just had some of our- class consultation. So for our certification class, we do a couple of class consultations that students can audit with real clients. And so our newsletter subscribers get invited to that like a couple times a year to because we only have a few available. Anyway, I just did them and both the clients, because they were back to back one day after another, they both told me that they're, oh, no, no. One of them told me like, ahead of time, like my, my partner is not going to be okay with hanging, hanging a crystal crystal ball. (laughs) And then the other one was very proud because she said, I finally just told my husband, I'm going to put up this feng shui crystal ball. I don't care what you say, (laughs) or not, I don't care what you say, but like, this is really important to me. And she, she felt very like cautious about it, but she felt like she had enough bravery to put that up. But I also gave that adjustment. Like you could also buy a very nice one and put it on table. But that said, I wouldn't put it on the floor. Yeah, I would that would be my last choice. You know, I, yeah, I think there I needs need to that be light. Yeah, yeah. An intentional placement. You know, yeah. so if you like put it on a table that works really well in the center of your home and it's, you know, it's you've got this something that sits well and it still works and refracts light. Perfect. If not, you know, the intention is to, to really, to really like be mindful of putting it up and being, you know, finding a great spot for it, not just plunking it down randomly. But think about like a yoga studio in a year or something, Mm -hmm. you could have a beautiful crystal ball on the floor in the center. It would be quite lovely. It depends on the situation, but in general, the floor would probably not work. But there are exceptions. Um, Oh, you know, there was, I did a consultation for a longtime client. She just moved and she also on Sunday. And she also told me like, I don't know if he'll, he'll let me, her husband will let her put up that functional crystal ball. But it's also interesting because I'm like five foot two and she's also very petite, but her partner, her husband's very tall. And I was like, I'm, I'm like, I never even noticed the feng shui crystal balls hanging from the ceiling. And she thinks it's because, you know, we're shorter and like, you know, men tend to be taller. So it's more like she said that she put up a crystal ball and he was like, what's this thing hanging? <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if the height makes a difference because usually the, it could be like two or three feet above my head. Right. Yeah. You don't want to, to anyone think they can bang their head into it. I, well, I have, I have a, I have a crystal ball here, but it's not faceted. So it sits on my desk, but I have one that's faceted. I just don't have it out, but you could do one this size. Um, mm-hmm. If it was faceted, and that's so, like it's like uh, a size of an orange. Yeah, it's it's like an apricot, maybe apricot. <laughs> apricot. Um, but it it sits flat, you know, on my on yeah. my knee. Yeah, it needs to be faceted. This one, um, someone gave it to me, and I love it, so I keep it in. Um, keep oh, it by the dresser. You know what I also advised that client too was that if they did want to use a faceted crystal ball that has the hole in it to hang it. Because it's not flat on the bottom, so it can't sit. It w- wouldn't be stable on a flat surface. But they do have these little 
like they're little cylinders that are little rings that you could put like crystals and things in that will stabilize it. So, so one thing is if you do want, you can't source a flat bottomed faceted crystal ball with the flat bottom, you can absolutely use, I think a faceted functional crystal ball that's meant to be hung on a ring that gives it some stability because you don't want it to roll around all over the place because it's going to get scratched and damaged and it doesn't, it's not doing its job then. Mine have a little like square pedestal with a concave and you just put it in there. <laughs> so it works really well. Nice. Laura, did you want to add something? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> I feel um, like, no, I feel like I've said my piece. I'm going to hang my, I'm going to keep hanging mine from the ceiling. That's all. Yeah. Well, Laura <laughs> does like really fun things. Like she likes to weave together colors of strings and yeah, I did the six true colors and then I did the five elements and then I string it through as well. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did one with nine 20 millimeters and uh, or eight 20 millimeters and then one big, big one. And that was beautiful. Yeah. I love it. And so just if you're going to use your large one should be clear, but you mm-hmm. can use the other colors to add the five elements in into that mm-hmm. if you want to but you still need the big one to be clear yeah mm-hmm. one time we had a call with Catherine and our graduates because we have a continuing education call with our graduates and as one of our graduates asked they had just purchased these crystal balls and they didn't realize that they had a iridescent sheen on them and luckily Catherine was going to be on the call and so we asked Catherine and I thought probably no because it's always like a clear crystal ball, but you confirmed like that. We really want to use a clear crystal ball because it's representing clarity. It's also representing the sun. And do you want to say anything more about that, Catherine? Yeah, I I think the important part is it represents the sun and that quality of the sun's light, having the power to shine on everything without losing any of its own vitality. It's it doesn't discriminate, you know? And so that's what we want in that crystal ball. And if it becomes a color, then it's representing the quality of the element like red or green rather than the sun. And Laura, isn't it true that white light has the entire rainbow spectrum with yes. yes, the white light is, so there's a difference between white light, which is reductive and then additive light. So you have white light and then when it refracts, then it splits into the six colors of the, of the spectrum because you can't see they're all there, but when they come together, they become white, right? Which is amazing. That's how light works. Whereas when you paint a painting, that's additive. You keep adding color and it gets darker and darker, right? It's the opposite for light. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We weren't sure if we were going to give the third one and you guys are just going to have we okay i think we can say the third one but you guys have to come back in october and make sure to listen because we have so many there's so many other things that we can talk about but today we'll we'll give one more that we thought would quick be. one little quickie girl so these aren't going to be small bites these are going to be big bites so the third nibble is adding <laughs> an animal that might nibble all your furniture <laughs> to the household so let's talk about it's really about the movement the 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 movement that the the fish and think of fish in a fish tank you know it's that movement that's adjusting the chi all the time so you know if you have a wonderful dog and he's walking around the house or a cat that movement can be very calming and happy and even if the pet is excited and you know jumping up and down that movement is happy 
So you keep the animal happy, you feed the animal, you give it a nice place to rest, you take care of it. And with you taking care of that animal, you also raise your chi. So having that life energy, because that's very young. And, and when there's not no living thing in the home, there's no movement, there's actually no feng shui, right? There's no wind, like in the sense of there's no wind and water, there's no flow. And so it doesn't have to be a fish. It could be a pet. Is there another way to have an animal besides a pet? <laughs> besides uh-huh. a pet? No. <laughs> well, you could like, you know, there's some cl- clever little, you get like a fish is yeah. easy, a little beta yeah. fish. Or, or, but I feel like, oh no, fish are, no, dogs are more work than fish. Dogs but, are, yeah, those yes, are 100% more work. In a sense, so someone might think, uh, uh, would a plant suffice? But no, the plant stays in one place. So it's pretty stationary. It does move, but very, very, very slowly. So we're talking about, um, like, I'm just imagining, like you said, Catherine, like the cat or the dog, like, or even just the fish kind of, the fish is always kind of moving and, and it's stirring up the chi. And even like my dogs, like they're never really sleeping. Like they always have like one eye, they they always have like one eye open. Right. So they're, they're always kind of on the move in a sense without being frantic, but in a very smooth way. I, you you remind me it just in a funny way of um, when I was little, I had this little floppy dog with floppy ears. I mean, not a real dog, but stuffed dog. And I carried it with me everywhere I mean, around the house. So there I have an animal and I would show it out the window and I would, you know, show it to my friends and I would feed it at the dinner table. So there's a movement of an animal that's not alive. And I thought it, that was I've never thought about that before now, but um, that's an interesting thought. But you're also a child. So not that a child, a child's not a pet, but a child also. <laughs> no, a child is not a pet. Good, good, Angie. I'm but, glad a you young, but a young child kind of move, but does that smooth movement as well, right? Is yes. always moving because it's bringing in this life energy in the home that is not the same in a home that's only adults. Yes, yeah. that's it's that's its own kind of chi. It's a whole other thing with children and the joy of ch- child chi, and you know when you want to bring that energy into the home, or you know, and then when there's too much child chi, but it's still lovely and delightful. But again, that ever moving chi, what how that connects to luck and inviting in and attracting good luck is that. When things are moving, there's this sense of life. And that's kind of one of the like aspirations or like the in, the things that feng shui really looks at. Like when there's an absence of movement, then there's no life. Like when you stop breathing is when you're dead, right? And sometimes people say, oh, can you make the, how do you, somehow they think I know the answer to this, but the, how do you make the dust stop? And it's like, well, you the dust will stop when you die, right? When things stop, that means there's no more life. So even having a string of bad luck can open our eyes and and allow us an opportunity to invite in movement, bring in, like if we circle back to the first one, bring in all the aspects of our home, our surroundings, and support all the, like the four corners or all the directions of our life which means the directions of our home, activating the center and bringing that energy of the, that yang energy of the sun to, to 
harness that chi to be able to distribute it to every area of our life and home. And then also to acknowledge that even living things, including us, pets, something as simple as a fish or children or a stuffed animal that's well-loved, the invitation of life and this movement, and also the aspiration for someone to invite a living thing into their home helps to allow the chi to flow again and, and allow auspicious chi to, to come towards you. Right. Yes. It's a lucky day. (laughs) And I think, I think part of that luck is that in the midst of the chaos or the bad luck, there's a sense that you've answered the question that we began with. Why is this happening? There something informs you in that moment. There's always a pearl of wisdom in those moments. And I think the crystal ball and the four corners allow us to see that moment for what it is, take it in, face it, deal with it, and then move on to all the lucky days to come. Yes, and should we get give another caveat that we're not suggesting you do all three of these? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's always best to do one, do it well. <laughs> well, thank you, Catherine, so much for this. This was really fun. And thank you listeners for listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every week for a new podcast episode. We hope if you like this podcast, you'll share it with others. You can subscribe, leave a review. You can always support the podcast by checking out our certification and our new advanced studies program with Catherine Metz. You can also leave a review. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the call that right now, also, like if you sign up for our newsletter, there's a couple things that we're doing. One, we have a podcast giveaway going on right now where we're giving away a free mini consultation to a subscriber. And you can enter by leaving a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And then if you're on our newsletter list, you'll in the newsletter, there'll be a link to enter the giveaway. And then also we're doing a little fun fall equinox challenge in the weeks these few weeks that are leading up to the fall equinox so if you're not getting the emails you can still get the last few weeks so thank you so much and we'll see you next week